Hello, this is Reverend Raymond Kaufman, pastor of the Log Cabin Church in Vinings, Georgia. Welcome to our podcast. Today we're discussing forgiveness. When I think about forgiveness, I think about the parable that Jesus shared in the New Testament of the prodigal son. It's a beautiful story of forgiveness. The word prodigal means wasteful in a financial way. And the story is where there were two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Can I have my inheritance now? I don't want to be a part of the family anymore. I want to go off on my own to another country. I want to live my own life. So give me my inheritance now so I can go away and just live my own life. The father, very sadly, gives him that money. And the young boy goes off and he realizes through events in his life that he's made a terrible mistake, that life at home was pretty good. He goes back with a repentant heart and he asks his father, don't take me in as part of the family. I'll just be a servant here on your land and because I could live better as a servant than I can out on my own. The father's very repentant. He welcomes him back into the family and and. And the father does three, three, says three things. He says, son, you'll always be with me. There's always a place. All that is mine is yours. And he tells the older son that we're going to celebrate because your younger son was lost and now he is found. It's a beautiful story of forgiveness. As I did some research this week, I saw online a beautiful painting that was done by Rembrandt. And in my research, I saw that this painting that was called The Return of the Prodigal Son uh, is housed at the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. I remembered that my friends, Paula and Torsten, had visited this museum several years ago. I reached out to Paula, who is meticulous in her travel notes. And within 30 minutes, she sent me a picture that she had taken in the Hermitage Museum of this painting. It's a beautiful painting. You see the father with this long beard, an indication of his age and his wisdom. He's wrapped in a red cloak, which which signifies uh, wealth and uh, influence in his society. And there you see, in rags, the prodigal son, the younger son, kneeling at his father's feet. He's wearing rags. His shoes are falling off his feet. He's clean-shaven, an act of repentance. And his father is hugging him with two hands, a parental hand on his shoulder, comforting him and welcoming him back into the family, and the maternal hand that is caressing the young son's back. Off to the right is the older brother, also in a red robe, not in rags, looking down with his hands crossed, looking down at the repentant brother. In the foreground of the picture is what we think is his mother, who's looking with repentant I is looking down at her son. The father did three things. He said three things to the son. First, he says, son, you are always with me. There will always be a place for you in our family. Secondly, he says, all that is mine is yours. You're a part of this family. I forgive you. And then he tells the elder son who is struggling with all this, understandably, he says, son, your son was dead and now he's alive. Your, your brother is lost and, and now he is found. What a beautiful story of forgiveness. What do we do in our lives when another person hurts us? Sometimes the hurt is very deep within our heart and with our soul. 
such as when a a family member uh, betrays us or a friend. They betray our trust or, or when we're victims of a crime, we're hurt. Or when we're being bullied, those are deep hurts within our lives. How can we, as others, forgive? Anyone who has suffered a grievous hurt knows that when our inner world is badly disrupted by hurt, it's difficult to concentrate on anything. And when we have this turmoil and pain in our lives, it disrupts, disrupts our inner peace. When we hold on to our hurt, we're emotionally and cognitively hobbled by our relationships, and our relationships then may suffer. You know, forgiveness is a very strong medicine for this. But you know, in my life, I always heard that expression, well, forgive and forget. But you know, it doesn't really work that way. We can forgive, but it's very hard in our human nature to forget. We hold on to those grudges, so it's not very easy. When life hits us hard, there's nothing as effective as forgiveness for healing these deep wounds. But how do we do that? This re- week, I read some research by a fellow who, uh, who's over for 30 years who has studied forgiveness. In fact, Time Magazine calls him the, the forgiveness trailblazer. He's done all kinds of work on um, forgiveness. His name is Dr. Robert Enright. And he's written many books. And he says that forgiveness does not necessarily come easily, but is possible for many of us to achieve. Well, how do we achieve that? Well, I'm going to talk about six steps today that help us as believers to focus on forgiveness. The first one is to know what forgiveness is and why does it really matter? Forgiveness is about goodness, about extending mercy to those who've harmed us or hurt us, even if they don't deserve it. It is not finding excuses for the other person's behavior because we we can't do that, or pretending that it didn't happen. It's hard to forget, as I mentioned. Nor is there a quick formula you can follow. But forgiveness, I've learned, is a process with many steps that often precedes in kind of a non-linear fashion. It's kind of bumpy, but we can get there. But it's well worth our effort. Working on forgiveness can help us increase our self-esteem, and it really gives us a greater sense of peace in our lives and a greater sense of inner strength. Studies have shown that forgiving others produces strong psychological benefits for the one who forgives. So when we hold on to these grudges, it's shown to cause in our lives uh, depression, anxiety, unhealthy anger, and really symptoms of PTSD. So forgiveness is very important. So first of all, know what forgiveness is and why does it matter? The second point is what our author Robert Engwright says, what he calls is becoming forgivingly fit. To practice forgiveness, it helps you to have worked on positively changing your inner world to become positively fit in your life. You can become more fit by making a commitment not to doing harm ourselves to other people and not trying to hurt other people in our actions and our words. So in other words, making a conscious effort in our lives not to talk disparagingly about others who have hurt you, 
You don't have to say good things, but if you refrain from talking negatively, it will feed the more forgiving side of your mind and your heart, and it will cause us to be more forgiving in our lives. Now, sometimes pride and power can weaken our efforts to forgive by making you feel entitled or inflated, but we can't hold on to to resentment. We have to let it go. Thirdly, the third point is we have to address our inner pain, the pain that we have inside of us that's real, very real to us. It's important to figure out who has hurt you and how. So we look at it, we become clear to understanding that hurt, and to look carefully at the people in your lives, your parents, your siblings. Have your peers hurt you, your spouse, your coworkers, your children, and even more? And to rate how much they have hurt you. Perhaps they have exercised power over you or withheld love. Or maybe you have been physically harmed. It's hard to forgive those hurts. There's not only physical harm, but there's emotional pain that some of us feel. But the common forms are anxiety and depression, as we talked about, unhealthy uh, anger, lack of trust. All of these things can cause us emotional pain, and we have to find ways to let it go. The more hurt that you've incurred, the more important it is to learn to forgive, at least for the purpose of experiencing emotional healing in our lives. The next point, the fourth point, is to find meaning in your suffering. How can we find meaning in the suffering in our lives? When we suffer a great deal, it's important that we find meaning in what we have endured. Without seeing meaning, a person can lose a sense of purpose, which can lead to hopelessness and a sparing conclusion there is no meaning in life itself. That doesn't mean we look for suffering in order to grow or to find goodness in another's bad actions. Instead, we try to see how our suffering has changed us in a positive way. And then the fifth point is to learn to forgive ourselves. Most of us tend to be harder on ourselves when we make mistakes in our lives. And we're hard on ourselves and we struggle to to love ourselves. In self-forgiveness, you honor yourself as a person even if you are not even if you are imperfect. So the things that you've done in your life that you feel badly about, let them go. Learn to find a way to forgive yourself, even if it's difficult to do. The sixth and the last one is to develop a forgiving heart. When you overcome suffering, we gain a more mature understanding of what it means to be humble and courageous and loving in the world we become better people. We may be moved to create an atmosphere of forgiveness in our homes then and in our workplaces, the world around us, and to help others who've been harmed overcome their suffering. Or to protect our communities from a cycle of hatred and hurt and violence. All of these choices that we make in our life can lighten the heart and bring joy to one's own life. Some people may believe that love for another who's harmed you is not possible. But I've found in my life that 
There's many people who forgive eventually. They find a way to open up their hearts. If you shed bitterness and put love in its place, and then repeat this with many, many other people, you become freed to love more widely and more deeply. This kind of transformation can create a legacy of love that will live on long after you are gone. My prayer for you is to embrace forgiveness, that we all as believers find a way to let go of the hurt. We can't condone the other person for their actions, but we can learn to let go, to free ourselves, and to move on. So my prayer for you is that we all find and develop a loving attitude towards someone and realize that it doesn't mean that the action the other person did was right. You're forgiving the person, not the action. And forgiveness benefits you more than the other person. You're learning to let go of the corrosive, negative emotions. Who wants that in their lives? Who wants those negative emotions in our lives that some of us are walking around with? But instead, you're giving yourself permission to let all that negative baggage go so that you can live your life in a wise and harmonious way. I pray for you to embrace forgiveness and to move on in a positive way. As we close our podcast today, would you close your eyes and share together with me the Lord's Prayer that also mentions forgiveness. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins and those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.